Good morning. We are so glad you're here to worship with us today. For those here in person, welcome online. We're glad you're with us. I cannot believe that tomorrow is August 1st. Anyone else? This summer has just flown by. We hope that those who've returned from cooler places have brought some cooler temps as we head into the fall. But until then, we'll just survive the, le- the rest of the summer. As I think back over the summer, summer is a time for different routines, a change in schedules. Children are off of school. We travel, we see new places, we experience new activities, and most importantly, we encounter different people. We may see extended family that we haven't seen since the holidays, or maybe as we're traveling through the U.S., we stop by an old friend's house and reconnect, or we may even see friends that live just down the street from us, but we just don't have time to get together during the school year. We're constantly encountering people during the summer months. Summer is a time to show hospitality to one another. Maybe you hosted a friend or family member in your home this summer, or maybe as you were traveling through somewhere, you were able to enjoy the hospitality of others. Today, we're gonna be looking at hospitality as it applies to our spiritual lives. How God calls us as followers of Christ to extend hospitality to those around us. Our passage today comes from the book of Romans. I invite you to turn there in your pew Bibles or in the bio, the, your own Bible or on your phones or look up to the screens. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. This may be a familiar passage for some, but I hope that our eyes are open to what God is calling us to today. I invite you to read along as I read the passage aloud. Hear the word of the Lord. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So when we hear the word hospitality, some of us may get a warm and fuzzy feeling inside. And if you're like me, you may begin to sweat and get anxious. I have to admit right up front that my spiritual gift is not hospitality. It is one of those things. I know God has gifted me in many different ways. This is not one of them. I have never been one to enjoy the physical aspect of hospitality. Now, it's interesting because as a kid, my mom would invite people over all the time, and I love to answer the door, offer what kind of drink you want, things like that. But as an adult, I've grown into a position of just sort of dreading having people at my house. I hate to admit it. It stresses me out more than it brings me joy. I am a type A control freak. I want to make sure everything's perfectly clean. The food is all hot at the perfect amount of times that I'm catering to everybody's dietary needs, that everybody has a good time and leaves happy, and I end up completely stressed out. I'm sure you can't imagine me stressed out. But this stress happens often in the preparation and anticipation of people coming over. It's all the pressure and it's too much to control. I try to control it all. It feels like too much work. And it's sort of scary to have people in your home. What if they judge my old couches? Or we've got toys everywhere. What if they think I'm a slob? 
all of those things that run through my head. But somehow, the moment that people walk in the door, I begin to relax. I begin to enjoy talking with the guests and much of the stress falls away. And then like clockwork, at the end of the night when they leave, I look at Colby and I say, I love hosting. And he's like, no, you don't. Remember three hours ago, the fight that we had before the people came in about the baseboards being dusty? I'm like, oh, right. So it begins the cycle of months and months passing and not having people over to our house. So if you have never been invited to my home, it's not you, it's me, it's not personal. I'm working on it, but we'll get there. But you know those people that are just so good at hospitality. I'm sure someone has popped right into your mind. Right when they host you, you walk into their home and they are relaxed and they are joyful and you can tell that they love to have people over. In fact, they could probably do it every single night of the week, have friends and family, strangers, anybody over to their house. They always have fresh baked cookies in the oven ready to serve and homemade peppermint ice cream ready to give you when you walk in the door. Some people are just really good at hosting. Some of you know our connections coordinator here at the church, Wendy Garcia. She is so good at hosting that we hired her to do it for the church. She is our hospitality specialist. She's our connections coordinator. She is so gracious at welcoming people that she chairs and leads our connections ministry. What better person to have in place to welcome guests, visitors, new folks, friends and family, and our regular attenders to FPC every week. Hospitality is one of those things that you either love or it's a struggle. But hospitality has many different aspects. It goes far beyond the physical aspects of having somebody over to your home. As Christians, we're called to be a people given to hospitality, not just in the physical sense, but in the way that we treat and care for others, not just our family and our friends, but people who don't belong. While Paul is talking here in this passage It's about spiritual hospitality, a holy kind of hospitality, a way in which we as followers of Christ are called to live because Christ lives in us. And it all begins with love. At the beginning of our passage today, Romans 12, Paul begins in verse 9 by talking about love being genuine. A genuine kind of love that strips away all falsehood, all pretense, all impressiveness, All insecurity, a genuine type of love, abhorring what is evil and holding fast to what is good. He gives examples on how to love one another in brotherly love, outdoing one another in showing honor and service. Being, uh, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. These are attributes that he's encouraging the Romans to embody as followers of Jesus Christ. These are attributes that go against the ways and patterns of the world. When we look at the world, we don't see a lot of rejoicing. We don't see very much patience. We see a lot of slothfulness. We don't see a lot of outdoing one another in showing honor or treating people with genuine love. In verse 13, Paul then goes on to say, to contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. 
Again, this type of hospitality is more than just the physical act of opening your home, although that is what he means. But more than that, he's talking about a hospitality that's an overflow of the love that he describes at the beginning of this passage. The word for hospitality he uses here literally means to pursue strangers with love. To pursue strangers, strangers, people that you don't know yet, with love. I have trouble pursuing anyone. I mean, I've got, you know, kids and a family and a job, all this kind of stuff. To pursue a stranger with love takes a Holy Spirit moment. So let's look at how this has played out. In the time that Paul was writing, when people traveled, inns were not great places to stay. It's not like going over to the JW Marriott and having a nice hotel vacation. The inns were seedy, they were run down, a lot of crime had happened, happens around the inns, they were often places for brothels. So when Christians traveled around to share the good news of Christ, they had to rely on other people to host them, to take them in, to literally feed them and care for them. They wouldn't know these people ahead of time. It wasn't as if they called up, set a date, what works for you, what weekends are good. They weren't making sure people were free. They would just show up at any moment. And these followers of Christ would, the ones that owned the home, would open their doors to the travelers to feed them and house them until they were going on their way. Can you even imagine, after my admission to you earlier about not being a great host, and that's when I have time to plan and prepare and all those things, this would make me so incredibly anxious. What if I already had plans? What if the house wasn't clean? What if there was no food in the house? What if I just wanted a quiet weekend alone? All of those questions I've just asked come out of a place of selfishness. I couldn't imagine opening my home to strangers at any moment. In addition, hospitality was important because brand new churches were popping up all over the place, ready to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And they had to rely on people's homes to worship together. Some who had begun to follow Christ with their lives were alienated from their families and kicked out of their own homes. So they too had to rely on the hospitality of others. Other believers to open their homes and take them in. Hospitality was essential during this time that Paul was writing to the Romans. And it was necessary that Christians understood how to live with this new kind of gracious love. Again, it was much easier in this, in this day as it was the custom to open your home to people traveling through. It was less unusual for them than it is for us in America today. But thinking about this radical hospitality, going beyond the physical to the way that we treat people, the way that we open our hearts and our lives towards others, truly challenges me in my walk with Christ. Challenges my motivations for welcoming strangers. Challenges my selfishness for my things and my home. We see the theme of hospitality all throughout scripture. We not only see stories of people opening their homes as such as this, but also guidance that this is the kind of living that brings God glory. Even from the Old Testament, Leviticus 19, we see Israelites, the people of God, are called to welcome the stranger who sojourns in the land and to love strangers as themselves. They are reminded of the time that they were once strangers in Egypt, aliens. They didn't belong there. So as they're reminded of their time in Egypt, so then they are called to provide for others 
who are not like them. We just finished the book of Hebrews this past spring. In the last chapter of Hebrews, chapter 13, the author encourages the Hebrew people to show hospitality to strangers, that they may be entertaining angels unaware. As people who live differently, as citizens of heaven, they're called to welcome strangers. First Peter 4, we see instruction for ungrudging hospitality, not doing it out of the have-tos, but the want-tos. And then last week, as Scott preached about the story in Luke about Mary and Martha, we see Martha busy in the kitchen and Mary sitting quietly at Jesus' feet. We give Martha a lot of grief. Sit down like your sister. Listen to Jesus. But she's doing what she's called to do, to host, to have things prepared, to get things ready. But as we saw last week in Scott's sermon and in the passage, we see that hospitality is far more than getting the teapot on the stove. It's opening our hearts and sitting with people, welcoming them in the way that we act and towards them and love them. Jesus is calling Martha to let go of her physical work and enter into a moment of holy hospitality, like her sister Mary. Spending time with Jesus rather than fussing with the surroundings. So we see both. We see this need for hospitality physically. Strangers coming in and knocking on your door ready to stay. And then we see this slow down and be with people. The call of Jesus to connect on a, on a really intimate level, a genuine love. Sacred hospitality is essential to our lives as Christians. You and me, we have been alienated from God because of our sin. We are the stranger. We know what it's like to be the stranger, the alien, the outsider. But God welcomed us, even as sinners, by sending Christ, his only son, to die for us so that we might no longer be separated, we might no longer be a stranger, so that we might be welcomed by God for eternity. Christ's sacrifice allows us to live differently. My favorite passage of scripture comes right before what we read today, Romans 12, 1 through 2. Paul's admonition to the Romans as followers of Christ to present their bodies as living sacrifices to God, to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their minds. Now that transformation, from that comes a new ability by the power of the Spirit not by the power of the person, but by the power of the Holy Spirit to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable to God. So we see that at the beginning of 12, chapter 12. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so guess what? When we're transformed, verse 9, love in a way that is genuine. Seek to show hospitality. Consider the needs of the saints. When we know God, when we follow Jesus as Savior, our hearts change. Our minds are transformed. What is at the center of ourselves is no longer us or our selfishness, but rather the Spirit now resides deep within us. We are made new. So hospitality changes. When the center of our lives is Jesus, we have the capacity to love people like Jesus loves us. When the center of our lives is ourselves, we have trouble loving anything other than ourselves. As Christians, we believe that everything that we have is from the Lord. 
that God has blessed us and provides for our physical and spiritual needs. Money, food, clothing, our homes. And the call as a follower of Jesus is to love people so genuinely that what God has blessed me with, I then should be ready to share with others, including my love and my time and my attention. Out of the overflow of the love from God, we share with those around us, even the strangers. This is called stewardship. Stewarding the gifts we have been given by God and using them for God's glory. So I could sit here and claim, well, you know, one of my gifts is not hospitality, so I don't have to share with others because that's just not the gift that God gave me. No, we all are called to stretch, even in the places that we don't have naturally, natural giftedness. Because this is about love. This is not about my home or the food that I serve. In our American culture, we've, been, we've become so individualistic, so isolated, that we cling to what is ours. We mark off our land with fences, and we have so much trouble sharing with others. This starts at a very young age. My two-year-old and five-year-old are really learning about sharing. Even when it comes to our time, we have trouble sharing. We forget that it's not even ours in the first place. Showing hospitality and contributing to the needs of others is an act of stewardship. Loving other people, not just the ones we're supposed to love. It's easy to love my family. It's easy to love my children, sometimes. No, always. They really are great. But our, it's easy to love our best friends and our family. But to pursue the love of a stranger is a call by God to extend ourselves, our love and our resources, to the people who do not belong the people who are outside our regular communities. It's hard to invite people in who, don't, who we can't benefit from, who have no connection with us, and who are different than us. There are a few resources I want to share with you today that I found very helpful when it comes to welcoming people as Christ calls us to. They're biblically based. They're really powerful. One is The Dangerous Act of Loving Your Neighbor. It's written by the current president of Fuller Seminary, Dr. Mark Laberton. The dangerous act of loving your neighbor. Why would loving our neighbors be dangerous? Because it stretches us to have a radical hospitality, a love that stretches far beyond ourselves. He talks in this book about how when we are followers of Christ, we are no longer our own. But we must see people the way that Christ sees people. The second one is called The Art of Neighboring, Building Genuine Relationships Right Outside Your Door. The authors here ask, if we really took the Great Commission seriously, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe that all that I have commanded you, if we really took the call of Christ seriously, that if loving God and loving our neighbors is the most important things that we're to do, what would happen if we just did that? What would happen if we actually started to know our neighbors and to love them? Right outside our door. Step outside, look around, who's right next to you? Starting there. It seems pretty simple, but it's so easy to miss. Because of our isolated and self-centered lives, we have sometimes made this simple call to love God and love others way more complex than it needs to be stepping outside of our doors to love the people around us. We're insecure, and we're scared, and we're selfish. 
The idea with engaging the people who are living next door to us is so radical in America. We see people coming home from work, they pull their vehicles into the garages, they close the, the garage door before they even get out of the car and we don't see them again to the next morning. This happens for many reasons. Maybe it's busyness. We just don't have time for one more relationship. We're already connected to so many people. We're doing so many good things. We just don't have time. On the other hand, maybe it's laziness. Just don't want to make that effort. Or maybe it's fear. What if they don't like me? What if they don't want to be my friend? Maybe it's a misunderstanding. They wouldn't be my friend. They have a sticker on the back of their car that does not seem like my kind of friend. Or we haven't gotten a chance to know them and we operate out of our preconceived notions. These are all really great excuses, but I'm not going to give you permission to use them. I use them every single day and I am convicted of the way that these excuses run through my mind daily when I have a choice to make of spending one or two extra minutes engaging a new person versus heading on my way. Often, I take the excuse. Ah, I got too much to do. Ah, the kid's crying in the back. Ah, they're just, I'm scared. They, don't, they aren't going to be my friend, whatever it might be. But as I read this passage, I see a call that stretches us, pushes us past our comfort zones, a call to love people differently and see them as Jesus sees them, not just how I see them, to graciously extend resources and share with people around me, not because I need something back or because I want them to like me, but because God has gifted me with love, an outrageous love that extends beyond my sinfulness to treat me as his child so that I can love others in the same way. God is glorified when we extend these gifts to one another. God is calling us. Jesus showed us how to do this in scripture by the way he lived his life. And the Holy Spirit leads us to open our hearts and our homes to other people. We cannot do this on our own, but we need the power of the miraculous, the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. We must be careful not to make this a moralistic pursuit. Oh, good. You know, Romans tells us we got to seek hospitality and care for the needs of others, so I need to make sure I check my box to be a good Christian, follow the rules. That's my tendency. Let's be legalistic about it. But instead, this is a genuine call to love people, not just a following of the law or requirement of being a good Christian, but as God shapes and transforms us, as we are sanctified and made holy, by the Spirit, then we act out of that transformation for the glory of God. We invite people in because it comes from a place inside of us that is from God alone. If God is at the center, then that is what overflows. Because if left to our own devices, we would truly be selfish. Our sinfulness would take over, and we would act out of an inner selfishness rather than out of an inner godness. When we see people differently, we put on the eyes of Christ, we can confess our selfish motivations, we can let go of our fear, and ask the Holy Spirit to walk with us. So for me, I've got some growing to do. 
You should all expect an invite to my house in the next few weeks. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, I've got some growing to do when it comes to putting aside my own anxieties and insecurities, even when it comes to the physical aspect of using my home for God's glory, treating it like not my own, but God's alone, letting the Holy Spirit work and start focusing on the genuine love. And that can happen in the street, in the Starbucks, in the hallways. It can happen on kickoff Sunday, August 21st. We hope you'll be here to welcome the strangers that have never set foot in this church before. Bring the ice cream. Let us do a good work of glorifying God by loving with a genuine love. May we all leave here today with a challenge with an expectation of how God will use us to pursue a stranger with love today or tomorrow or this week or this month. Be mindful of where God has placed you and how he will use you for his glory. Stretch just a little bit to invite someone new to your home. Might we share this radical love of Jesus Christ with all around us to show them hospitality. And as we do that, we glorify God, who has extended his love to us while we were still sinners, to send Jesus Christ as our Savior. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your everlasting, unconditional love. Your love is so powerful that you brought us out of the, the depths of our sin you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us so that we might have life eternal. Thank you for your love for us. We pray, Lord, that as we leave from here today, you would challenge us to examine our hearts, confess where we have held on to our selfishness, our fear, whatever it may be holding us back from pursuing the love of strangers. Might we take these words of scripture seriously as transformed followers of Christ, that we might come to love people with a love that only can come from you. Thank you for holding us close and teaching us your will. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.